Crashly Brock reading Diana Palmer's book Lawless Lawless Chapter 16. Not too long after their return from Japan, Chrissy started losing her breakfast. The first time it happened, Monty wasn't home. The second, she pretended to have forgotten something in her room, barely made it to the bathroom in time. She slipped into town, got a home pregnancy test, and waited until Maddie was away at her sister's on the weekend to use it. She was staggered by the results. It was her, all her fault. She let Young believe she was on the pill, and then he continued to believe it when they were intimate in Japan. Now she was pregnant, and he was avoiding her. He denied it, but she knew he was going to marry Tippy. The film company was back for a reshoot, and he was always around to drive the model back and forth to her hotel. Couldn't apparently bear to look at Christina Bell since they'd come back from Japan and after so many exquisite, wonderful nights in his arms. But what if he found out about the baby? He'd feel obligated to stay married, of course he would. She ruined his life, Sippy's life, her own life. She sat down hard on the edge of the bathroom and wished she could go back to Christmas Eve and tell the truth. It was weeks too late now. Besides that, there was no privacy with the film company around, even if it was just for a few days. To reshoot one scene that someone had accidentally destroyed. Maudie found out, of course, it was impossible to buy anything from her. When Chrissy lost her breakfast the following week and had to lie down, Maudie confessed that she knew. She confessed that she confronted her fears to Cass. She glared at Chrissy with her arms crossed. Peace down at the bottom with the film crew, she said. You march right down there and you tell him, oh, I will. You will not, Chrissy said furiously, wiping her face with a wet cloth. I have a decision to make. So does he, came the blunt report. It's his baby as well. He'll want it. Chrissy wasn't sure what Judd would want. He avoided her since the trip to Japan. In fact, he only came around now when the acting company was here. When he did, he was around Tippy coming and going. He still drove her to and from the hotel, made sure that Chrissy knew it, which hurt even more. It never occurred to her that Cash was hanging around, too, and Judd might be jealous. Spends most of his time with Tippy, she said heavily. Besides, he'll file for divorce any day, and it's not fair to rob him of the little chance of happiness he has. Little is right, Monty Scott. I don't have anything against Tippy. She's been kind to both of us, but she'll ruin his life. He can never fit in her world, and any more than you could fit in the Cash's, she added. That's Judd's decision, not mine, Monty said. I can't argue with you, can I? It does, doesn't do much good, Chrissy had to agree. She smiled at him. But I suppose you're right. It isn't something I can hide from. You got that right, she glanced out the window. He started outside the barn with Gary and Tippy. You can touch him before he leaves. I'd have better luck catching a cold with Chrissy's mother. Okay, okay, I'm going. She got off the bed and followed Molly down the hall. Molly opened the back door for her with a wicked twinkle in her eyes. Don't get your hopes up too high, Chrissy said as she passed onto the back stoop. Judd told me that he doesn't ever see himself as a family man. You wait until he holds that baby and tell me that again. Chrissy hoped she was right, but she had a bad feeling about the whole situation, and it got worse the closer she went to the barn. What if he thought she was lying? Worse, what if he thought it was Gryer's kid? He'd seen her birth control pills at Christmas. He'd never remarked that he wouldn't have touched her if he hadn't known about them. But he still didn't know that they were old and unused. Nevertheless, she wasn't going to be able to hide a pregnancy in Jacobsville, Texas, where everybody knew her and Judd. She might as well get it over with. After all, there wasn't much he could do. 
Her mind stopped dead at the sight that met her eyes when she rounded the corner. Gary, the assistant director, was back talking to his camera. The soundman he glared toward the barn and turned away in disgust. Chrissy wondered why until so she could see inside. The barn was deserted except for two people. Judd was leaning against one of the high stalls. Tippy was leaning against him. Her beautiful body almost part of his in the posture as they kissed was something akin to desperation. <sighs> Crispy felt sick to her stomach. There's no way she could march in there and tell Judd he could divorce her because she was pregnant. Not when he was patently obvious. Oblivious now that he was physically involved with Tippy, it was impossible to shrug off a kiss like that. He told her he didn't want Tippy. She turned and went back the way she'd come without making a sound. Tears almost blinding her as she walked numbly to her old truck, got in behind the wheel, she pulled out the spare key she kept under the mat, started the engine. She drove away with no thought for her license or her insurance card or even her purse. Slowly, feeling returned, right. her pain was overwhelming. She saw the hungry kiss over and over again. It wasn't Tippy kissing him either. It was mutual. Apparently, he was so certain of the divorce that he was already making plans with the supermodel. It's difficult to see Tippy trying to live on Texas Rangers' salary, even with the dividends the ranch paid judge as well as Chrissy. The woman beautiful and much in demand. She traveled the world to appear in fashion shows for most famous designers. Must really love Judd if she was willing to give up all that money and fame. Shouldn't have been surprising. Judd was Judd was handsome, sexy, very masculine man. Tippy wouldn't be the first woman who found him irresistible. There was much traffic on the roads. It was too late for lunch and too early for the school buses to run. School. Her hands tightened on the steering wheel. She would have a child in school in just a few years. Judd would have to know. There wasn't any way she could keep it a secret from him. The baby he didn't want would ruin his life, his hopes for the future. He would hate it and Chrissy. She turned off the main road toward the high banks of the river on a narrow dirt road. Her mind was rolling. She couldn't decide what to do. She could go away, but he'd find out someday. It wasn't as if she could go to a clinic. She couldn't live with that, no matter what the cost. Blindly, she pressed down hard on the accelerator. She could see Judd kissing Tippy. She could feel the agony the sight it cost, like a fresh wound. Judd loved Tippy. He loved Tippy. She moaned out loud. She couldn't tell him. She couldn't. It was all her fault. She hadn't been careful. She hadn't taken precautions. The responsibility was hers. She should have. She'd have to pay the consequences, not Judd. She clenched her teeth and closed her eyes as she saw that kiss again. She wasn't paying attention to the road. There was a narrow little bridge over the river. Didn't even have guardrails. The river wasn't so deep, but the bank was easily ten feet above it. When she opened her eyes, she was out of the ruts and headed straight for the bank. She gasped and jerked the wheel. Her foot hit the brake hard. Not inches of certain death. The inches of certain death. The truck slid to a stop with front tires barely a foot from the edge of the embankment. She leaned her head onto the steering wheel, shaking with relief. She felt hot tears wash over her hands as the close call she had. So much for driving when you're upset, which Judd had always told her not to do. She hadn't opened her eyes at the exact instant. She'd have gone right into the river. She might have been killed. Say nothing of her baby. Her hand went protectively to her slightly rounded stomach. Slumbered her way out of the cab and went to the dented front bumper, propping against the side of the headlights while she looked down into the fast current of the river. She pulled a paper towel from her pocket, one she'd used to blot her lipstick that morning, and wiped her sweaty face. Her hands were shaking. 
She never had such a close call. Well, she wasn't getting back into the truck until she was calm enough to drive. Mommy. The sound of a car Mommy. going by on the state road that paralleled this dirt one caught her attention. It was a police car. Slowed just for a few seconds before it shot ahead. The policeman probably wondered what she was doing out here all along. The front end of her truck hanging over a bank. Well, he could just wonder. She wasn't going home. Not yet. She'd give Judd plenty of time to get away first. Couldn't bear to see him again. Right now, the memory of the kissing eating her alive. Judd was walking back to his SUV when he saw Molly standing on the bank stoop looking concerned. Turned and went within earshot, smiling at him. Something wrong? Yeah. Did Chrissy tell you? She asked the butler. She's about to tell me what. <clears throat> Marty has it. Have you seen her? No, should I have? He demanded impatiently. She was on her way to talk to you, Marty. I don't see a truck. Felt his body tense. Christina had come to the barn. She must have seen him with Tippy. He kissed her to keep the assistant director Gary from trying to put the make on her. The man was becoming a pest. It had been completely innocent, a stage kid, but if Christina Bell had seen him, what was she going to talk to me about? He asked, thinking about how often he tripped over Dreyer when he came here. It had gotten to the point that he hardly spoke to Christina Bell. He was so jealous he couldn't even hide it anymore. Marty cleared her. I don't know. She didn't say. She had. She drew no longer. I suppose she went to get the mail or something. Never mind. Marty went back in the house. Judd hesitated. Marty was acting strangely. Wonder where Christine Bell had made her presence known. Wasn't like her to ignore what she'd think of as a betrayal. The old Christine Bell would have raised hell, and he and Tippy would have had a royal battle on their hands. Bothering that Christina Bell had walked away without saying anything, he got into his truck and decided to run into town and see if she was at the post office. But even if she put in the gear, he heard a call in the police van. Is Cash around? A young man asked. He's in the conference with Jeff Blake and the city manager. Well, he comes out telling that his lady is standing on the bank of the river next to her truck out on J.D. Davis' road. Why does he need to know the dispatch? Because the front wheels of the truck are barely on the bank, and so is she. The young man. If I were him, I'd get out there quick. I tell him the minute he comes out, it shouldn't be long. Thanks. The young man gave his Migos car song and left there. Judd burned rubber hitting out onto the road. Christina Bell heard the approach of a vehicle and she tensed. It was a lonely place and she could find herself in trouble. Maybe it was just that policeman who'd gone by earlier, wondering why she was here. She hoped it wasn't someone looking for trouble. The big black SUV came into view and her old body tense. Last person on her she wanted to see right now was Judd Dunn. Her dark eyes glared daggers as he stopped behind her truck and got out with an economy of motions. She was wearing her sneakers with rope which robbed her of height. He looked very big in his leather boots and cream colored stetson. That big forty five caliber Colt automatically in its hand pulled leather holster on his hip. The silver Ranger badge glittering in the sun like his big black eyes as he approached her. You're too close to the bank, he said without preamble. Pulled her arms tight over her chest and perverted her gaze back to the front. I'm not, she argued. Stopped just behind her, waiting for her to speak to accuse him to explain, but she didn't. What are you doing out here alone? He persisted. I had some things to work out, she said in a strange tone. He hesitated. He didn't know how to ask if she'd seen him with Tippy in the barn. What things? He asked and didn't. She drew in a steadying breath and turned. Her eyes were just faintly red, but she was calm and I want you to buy me out. It was the last thing he had expected her to say. 
he was beneath the beach for so long. What? I decided that I don't want to spend the rest of my life trying to raise beef, despite the Japanese deal. He said, "Come, got a little money saved. I don't want to go back to vocational school. I want to go to college." All right, I'll talk to Murkison at the bank. You can live at the ranch while you commute. You misunderstood me, Jennifer. I'm going to school in San Antonio, not here. She was gonna leave. You went to see her again. The ranch that had been their primary link would be his alone. She would live in another town, work in another town. She wouldn't be here when he came to look at the books, check the livestock, pick out the cools. He wouldn't see her at all, even with Briar. It's not paralyzing. I'd like to leave at the end of the month, she added. If you can't tie things up by then, doesn't matter. Arrange it however you like. I'll sign any sort of paper. He growled furiously. Something was very wrong. She loved the ranch. It had been in her family for three generations. She hated even sharing it with him at first. Now she wanted to leave it. For good. Why? <laughs> Monty said you had something to tell me. Was this it? Yes, he said, grateful that Monty hadn't been more forthcoming with him. San Antonio wasn't far enough, but it was a good jumping off point. She'd go there and then find some place else to escape to before she started to Christina Bow to begin. Before he could organize his thoughts, he heard a siren, a very loud racing engine. They both turned in time to see a Jacobsville police car coming roaring down the dirt road, leaving a huge wake of dust. Briar, damn him. Briar slammed to a stop and barely took time to cut off the siren and the lights before he got out and strode quickly towards Christina. You okay? He asked abruptly, ignoring Judd altogether. She had a wave of relief. Now Judd couldn't pump her front. I'm okay, she said. I just needed a quiet place to stay. Cryer wasn't buying it. His eyes narrowed and he stared at the dog. I'll follow you back to the ranch, she said. Christina Bell let out an English shot. I don't need a keeper. No, you don't, Cryer ran up. Look where you're parked. I'm a good feet off the bank, she argued. Cryer held out his hand. She glared at him, which gave him her truck key. I'll move it back. What are you doing out here? He asked Judd politely. He moved I'll move it back. What are you doing out here? He asked Judd politely. Talking to my wife. He turned with mocking arrogance. I'm not your wife, Christina Beljack. I'm just a hired help. Ryan wisely left him alone and went to move her car. What the hell does that mean? Judd demanded. She wouldn't look at him. Trapped her cold arms tied around her chest. I'm cold. Lance sat her bare arms in his voice. No wonder you aren't even wearing a sweater. She ignored him, watching Greyer flip the truck around with easy expertise. Judge sighed was on him. We need to sit down and talk. She met his eyes again. I haven't nothing to talk to you about ever again, she said to him. Talk is just words. They don't mean anything. He's all time. You saw me with Tippy. said Bro. I can explain. What do you care what I think? She asked him. I'm not part of your life. I never was. Christina Bell. Chris. Chrissy, let's go. Catch cold standing out here. Briar said short. Forced his mouth on. Look who else isn't wearing a jacket, she accused gently. Briar looked as if he'd die keeping his mouth shut, but he did. She said, Okay, I'm coming. Judge Big Fist were chosen. Wait a minute. She looked up at Your life is your own business now. I won't interfere. I expect the same courtesy from you. Damn it. He saved the ranch, Judge, she said quietly. He saved me too. You're sacrificing five years of your life just keeping me solvent. I'll never forget what I owe you. But I don't expect you to go on making sacrifices for me, she had a husband. If anyone ever deserved a little happiness, it's you. I'm glad you have Tippy waiting for you. I won't stand in your way. She moved back from him, 
like a shadow merging with the forest, and her attention went to Grier, who was holding the driver's door open before he handed her the truck. Okay, I'm going home. She told Cash Megan's face at him and laughed. His mom like, don't speak. I never speak. Cough. She got into the truck and drove off. She didn't look at Judd as she passed him. Judd stalked over Grier, who was getting back into his vehicle. He wasn't divorced yet. He said in a lame challenge. Grier gave him a cold look. Might as well be for all the notice you take of her lately. How could I take notice of her when I can't come to my own ranch without tripping over you? Besides, my relationship with Christine Bow isn't her business. Cry on We'll see about that. He stared at the police car. Where do you know that I don't? Judd asked Mo. Dryer hesitantly on Casper. Ask her. Better yet, ask Monty. That's how I found out. Poor Joe could persist. Dryer had a but Chad wasn't giving up. He knew something was going on, and he had a sickening feeling that he was involved. He followed Grier to town and right into the police station. Jacobsville Police Department shared a building with the fire department. The men were almost interchangeable. Many started out as firemen and trained as policemen later, vice versa. It's a good group of kind-hearted men. Most were family men. Some were loners. A lot were ex-military. Even among the loners, Grier stood out. At first, he made the men uncomfortable. Later, he made surface relationships, especially after the other officers leaned, learned that they could always depend on him in a pinch. It didn't take very long for his past to catch up with him in whispers that stopped whenever he entered a room. He raised eyebrows wherever he went, especially when some of his wilder escapades were enjoyed even more. So very soon, he reassured his old role as permanent outsider. Didn't really mind so much. He had the glamour of danger to attract women when he was interested, which wasn't other often these days. That same error kept most men from trying him in fights. There was always the exception. Back one was walking in the door, mad as hell, and determined to get to the bottom of a mystery he didn't like. Briar knew he couldn't save the situation with words. Dunn was too much like him. The two men had backgrounds that should have made them fast friends. Instead, they were always in competition. Judd closed the door behind him, pulled down the shade that the former assistant police chief had used to shield himself from prying eyes while he did his exercises on his lunch hour. Ryer used the shade rarely. Judd was obviously putting it in place to keep the curious men from getting involved in a personal conflict. With a sign of resignation, Ryer stood up, started unbuttoning his uniform shirt and losing his tie. Can't. Can't you fight for us? Judd asked sarcastically. Grier looked at the corner of his mouth and kept working buttons. I haven't got a clean replacement for this. I don't want to get blood on it. Mine or yours? The other man asked. Either. You're wearing a white shirt, Grier pointed out. Judd didn't reply this time. Took off his gun belt, weapon and all, and laid it on the desk. Dropped easily into a balanced stance and waited. We don't have to do this, Grier tried one more time. No, we don't, Judd agreed in a deceptively pleasant tone. Tell me what she's hiding, and I'll go back to my office. Can't do that, Grafflin. I gave my word. Judd shrugged his shoulders. It's my way or the highway. He said, and as he spoke, he stepped forward and threw a lightning punch at the other man. Grafflin's reputation wasn't based on exaggeration. He ducked, whirled, and caught Judd with a spinning heel kick worthy of Chuck Norris. Judd went down, but he was like a cat on his feet. He popped up again, wiped blood from the corner of his mouth, and smiled. 
That smile was all too well known in ranger circles. Briar had one just like it. Briar almost ducked in time when a roundhouse kick caught him in the stomach, followed by a background house that sent him over a chair. The loud noises, even during lunch, drew attention. Briar's door opened just as the assistant chief made a dive at Judd and carried him over the desk and onto the floor. Somebody yelled, fight, and there was a sudden blue uniforms everywhere, getting a ringside seat. Briar was certain he heard somebody taking odds, but his ears were ringing from Judd's latest pump. Damn, the man hit hard. Match Judd's next win was a jump kick that threw him into the wall. While he was trying to recover, Briar spun and caught him in the side of the head with a graceful high kick that was pure poetry to watch. Judd landed with eagle grace and bounded back onto his feet. The two men, well matched in size and skill, eyed each other as they moved toward each other. Hand blows were dodged or blocked. Kicks were avoided or blocked. Lens of contact were sharp and harsh. Both men were getting bruised and both were bloody were bleeding. Dryer got into another unexpected kick. Dryer got in another unexpected kick, but fainted when fainted with a punch. Judd took the blow, but spun backhanded Dryer into his own death. The crowd was getting louder and apparently larger. Dryer glanced to their audience with narrow dark eyes, almost black as Judd. You're going to get me fired, he growled at Judd. Bad chance. Judd's your second cousin. Judd shot a lightning heel kick that unbalanced Grier so that he fell beside the desk. Get up, he muttered when the other man hesitated. Grier did what was a blurring sweep of his powerful leg that almost unbalanced Judd. But Judd recovered quickly, swung the other man up by one arm, and gave him a hip toss that landed him squarely across the one comfortable chair in the office in a winded sprawl. It was going to be a draw, no matter how it came out. Grier surprised. You and Judd were too evenly matched for one. To put the other down, worse, Grier himself had top done quite a few of those lightning moves. He stayed put in the chair, rubbing his jaw. Don't stop now, Grier said in a soft and crew. His black eyes went, get up and let's finish it. Not me, Grier told him amusingly. He chuckled, shaking his head. I know when to quit. Get up. Your eyes are rolling. Better reconsider that. If I get up, I'll arrest you for assaulting a police officer. You'll be handcuffed, fingerprinted, booked, and locked up. And I'll call the newspaper myself that gives them the scoop. Lane Cowell, that will look to your cap captain, much less the brass in Austin. He added with twinkling dark eyes. Yeah. Chad was furious. He didn't want to give up this. He said he hadn't learned anything. She says that she wants to sell me her half of the ranch and move to San Antonio. I'm not leaving here until you tell me what's wrong with her. Judd persisted someone, one way or another. He had a dark one. Cryer knew that if he didn't sell him, Judd would go back to the ranch and start on Chrissy. That could be dangerous. She's already obviously very upset, knowing her as he did. You can imagine that she was making all sorts of wild plans. Escape Jacobsville by now. She could easily lose herself in San Antonio. That wouldn't do. Not in her condition. All right, Briar said finally. Libby said, I'll talk, but not in front of witnesses. He had to learn at their audience. Out, or you'll be all pulling double shifts at the grammar school crossing. They left vapor trails exiting the door in the windows. Briar got to his feet slowly, feeling bruises rising already all over him. Judd Dunn's face looked like a relief map of West Texas. Along with the cuts, it was turning interesting shades of purple. Gray could, ima Gray could imagine that it didn't look much better. His jaw hurt. 
Now, why couldn't you just have told me in the first place? Judd asked briskly. I thought you might feel sorry for me and go away. Judd laughed coldly. Dream on. Grier shrugged as he shouldered into his uniform shirt, buttoned, and tucked it in and put his tie back on. Imagine that Christina Bell wants to go to San Antonio because it's big and she can get a bus or train out of there anywhere without much risk of discovery until it's too late. Judd scrowled as he put his gun butt by him. She said she wanted to go back to college. Dryer pierced his tail frame, tall frame on the corner of his desk, and gave Judd a patient. She thinks you want Tippy, he replied. She's going to play so that you won't get in the way of your happiness. I never said I wanted to marry Tippy, he said defensively. It's none of my business, of course, but I'd be happy to see you marry her and get out of Chrissy's life. I'll marry Chrissy and Chrissy's full of rotten. Judd's pride was choking him. Couldn't bear to think of Christina Bell with this man not even most innocently. She's my wife, he ran out. Till that changes, she's mine. I understand her to say that you're started this divorcing procedures. I understand her to say that you're starting divorcing procedures. Not yet, Judd <laughs> It's just a matter of time, surely. You're the one who's pushed it from the beginning. That was true, and it hurt. Judd had made so many stupid mistakes. Incredible that a man of his experience couldn't manage to sort out his own feelings for a little slip of a girl whom he'd known most of his life. We're getting off the subject, Judd said. Why does she want to run away? You can't guess, of course. It can't be because of you, he said mockingly. Or she'd be fighting to keep her half of the rank. No, cried her quietly. She's a wonderful young woman. I'd give a lot to be the man in her life. But that hasn't happened. Not, I'm not even in the running. For one long, horrified moment, John wondered if there was some other man. Then he realized it was impossible. And if it wasn't Grier, she was running. You can't count, can you, Grier? We've been back from Japan for about two months. She came home, sorry-eyed and hopeful, and then she laughed in the depression. It hasn't looked a sense because you avoided her like the play. Now suddenly she's avoiding you. I noticed you said, Now tell me anything I don't already know. I am. If you'd listen, Cryer turned forward and his arms Think. Why does she want to run away? Why is it important that she gets someplace where you can't see her? <laughs> Should have been clear much sooner than this, hitting between the eyes like a baseball bat. She was trying to hide because her body was changing because she was she's pregnant. Judd almost choked on the words. Grier is not. That's what Maddie says. She had morning sickness for two weeks and none of her clothes fit anymore. The other man's face went white. White? She hadn't been taking birth control pills. She felt guilty because of it. She avoided him. She'd seen him with Tippy in the barn, but Christina Bell didn't know that it had only been a stage kiss. Now she was determined not to get in the way of his happiness. Not for his chances with a child he didn't even know about. Maybe she thought he wouldn't want it either. Dropped onto the sofa and sat there, quiet, brooding, feels shocked. Babies are nice, Chris. I'm just at the age where I think about them a lot. I can live anywhere. If you want Chrissy to go, I'll tag along. Maybe she'll give him one day and marry me. I'll adopt the child and love him as if it were my own. Doors were closing. Somewhere along the way, Judd had lost Christina Bell and the baby in a bleak, sad future. He looked up at Grier with nightmares in his eyes. He worshipped freedom without spending his life with a woman. Having a family had been utter terrifying to him. 
He was uncertain. He lived alone, worked well, been alone most of his adult life. He hadn't wanted Ty's responsibility. He hated the thought of living in a cage. Then she got shot, taking a bullet meant for him, and his whole attitude changed. Went everything in his power to show her how much he cared. But she'd gone cold on him and started clinging the dryer. It hurt. Can Christina Bell see that? How could she believe he preferred Tippy to her? What sort of life would he have if he let Christina Bell leave town and Dryer went with her? If I were you, I think God I'm not. I'd go home and think about this real hard. Dryer told him with pain amusement. You haven't got a lot of time. Judd didn't snap back. Looked at Dryer as if he really didn't see him at all. Got to his feet, vaguely aware of bruises, places that were uncomfortable, and cuts on his face that felt wet. Few small adhesive bandages wouldn't come amiss. Cryer pumped. Look in the mirror, Cryer. Shut to him. I can't stand to. I look half as bad as you do. I'm wearing a paper sack to work tomorrow. <laughs> That's cute. Shut growled as he strode toward the office door. You'll be lucky if you have a job tomorrow when Shet Blake sees this office. Oh, I'll tell them you did it all. Cryer shut the younger man with a grin. Try it. The first thing you need to do. Something about is your sense of humor, cry point out. Say nothing of your poor skills in diplomacy. Your idea of diplomacy is a cock pistol, Judd pointed out. Only with hard heads like you. Judd had his hand on the door knob and he paused and glanced back to me. Don't tell her I know about the pregnancy. Don't worry, people still don't know what I really did in Iraq. Judd frowned. I didn't know you were ever in Iraq. Cryer grinned. See? Judd opened the door. One more thing, What? Next time you do the reverse roundhouse kick, keep your axis stable. You lose your balance every time if you tilt your upper body when you swing. Judd looked at the ceiling and shook his head as he walked out. Notice that the men on the, the desk were suddenly very industrious as they went toward the door. End of chapter 16.